first and foremost, we, if I can speak on behalf of both of us, love country music, but why? Everything about our own demographics appears to go against the grain of the stereotypical country listener. We're women of color who've spent time living in cities, and neither of us has ever owned a pickup truck. That is true. But we cannot fight it. Country music makes us feel so comforted, makes us cry, and makes us feel so many feels. So today, we're going to talk about our unlikely love affair with a genre of music that prides itself on down-home country wisdom, nuclear family happy endings, and states' rights. (laughs) What is going on, and what theory can help us explain our love? Hello and welcome to In Theory, the podcast where we talk about the theories that help us make sense of the world. I'm Naran Khan. And I'm Maria Sachiko Sassiri. This week on In Theory, we take on our likely slash unlikely love affair with country music. We're going to talk about this love, especially as women, and then we're going to take a particularly deep dive into revenge songs in country music. I am newer to country music, I would say. So I grew up in Western Michigan. I was never a country music listener, and in fact, people would be like, what kind of music do you listen to? And I'd always be like, all music. I love all music but country, which... Is so strange and like laden with judgment now. Mm. Growing up, I liked Shania Twain and the Dixie Chicks because they were played on the top 40 station. But when I really, like, really got into country music was my first job in New York City. I worked a ton of late nights as a lawyer and I was a little nostalgic for home and for family. I was living in this big city by myself with all these lonely nights and Country music made me feel so comforted and so happy and just like connected to something bigger. And I don't know, it's like when I think about it, I had a really warm feeling, even Mm. though some of the songs were sad. Yeah, that resonates with me because (laughs) I I think I also, what I loved about country music and still love about country music is the way it just gets me every time. You know, like there's, (laughs) it's full of these stories about families and love and old people and kids (laughs) and all these things that I just totally adore. Even though while I'm listening to it, half the time I'm thinking like a quiet voice in the back of my head is like, this is a little problematic. Yeah. And so it's this kind of weird guilty pleasure in a way. Totally. Um, You know, I've listened to it since I was, I guess, a teenager. Yeah. I've basically love country music since I could drive (laughs) and almost exclusively listen to it while I'm driving. Oh, interesting. I grew up in Southern Virginia and as an Asian American kid without any other friends who really listened to country music, I was definitely a weirdo. Yeah. But I just, you know, the songs got, got me all weepy. And now that I no longer live in Virginia, they remind me of being back home um, or certain aspects of them do. And I still hold a lot of the sentiments in those songs Sure, sure. And so, yeah, even though parts of some of the songs make me cringe, I also get warm and fuzzies. I love that you point out the conflictedness you feel sometimes because Mm -hmm. as a Muslim woman, you know, how do they feel about me? Or, you know, all the, you know, the patriotism, which totally resonates with me in some ways, but it's Mm -hmm. laden with with assumptions that I know I am, like, not aligned with in some ways. I mean, there are straight up songs that I have to change the station. Right? Yeah. So... And then other songs where I, like, roll into the work parking lot with, like, tears all over my face because I'm, like, so beautiful. Oh, my God, but why? (laughs) Yeah. No, totally. So I... It's just a really interesting genre of music for sure. I agree. So this love affair that we share, it's not as unlikely as we think. Yeah, well, you did all this research and it turns out 
There's a lot of us weird kids. There's so many. We're total saps. <laughs> and country music is known for its nostalgia and basically earnest sentimentalism. And it came out of the ballad tradition, which I know you know a little bit about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so thinking about kind of like oral storytelling that came down since the Middle Ages, really, and that immigrants brought over from England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, in the early days of, of yeah. American immigration. And so then you had these pockets of people with this ballad tradition, especially in the Appalachian Mountains, and then also kind of moving westward with the rise of the cowboy ballads. Mm-hmm. These are two different parts of the southern part of America where you're seeing that tradition rise up. So, sure. you know, it's been around and it tends to include these kind of stories of love and longing and nostalgia. Family and community, like stuff that we're totally suckers for. Exactly. And I guess along the same lines, I think one of the things that made me love country music so much from the beginning was that they're just awesome stories. And more than any other genre, I think they really set out to tell stories. One of the things I noticed is that a lot of country music will do this convention where there'll be a story that kind of unfolds over the different verses. Oh, yeah. Um, and the chorus will apply to each verse. And then usually by like the third verse, oh, yes. there'll be some some <laughs> kind of twist that happens sure. that then makes the chorus have like a whole new emotional resonance or something like that. Is there something specific that comes to mind when it? When yeah. That? So yeah. remember that song we were talking about earlier, um, Waiting on a Woman? Yes, totally. Yeah. Sitting on a bench at West Town Mall, he sat down in his overalls and asked me, You waiting on a woman? I nodded, yeah, and said, How about you? He said, Son, since 1952, I've been waiting on a woman. When I picked her up for our first date, I told her I'd be there at 8. And she came down the stairs at 8.30. She said, I'm sorry that I took so long. Didn't like a thing that I tried on. But let me tell you, son, she sure looked pretty. Yeah, she'll take her time. I don't mind waiting on the So that song is all about how, oh, haha, men always have to wait for women. Yeah. Um, but this old guy is telling this young man that it's okay, and he's telling the story of his life with his wife and how he was always waiting for his wife, but it was always worth it. Yeah. And then the last verse, it shifts from talking about waiting to get married or waiting to go on a date or whatever it is to he knows that he'll probably die first yeah. because men die <laughs> first and that when he gets to heaven, he's going to sit on a bench. Oh, my God. And he's going to wait for her and he doesn't mind. Because it's always worth it. I forgot about that yeah. last twist at the end. Exactly. So it's the yeah. same story, but it it just takes a knife and turns it a little bit, and then you're crying in the parking sure, lot. Sure, sure. I've read somewhere statistics show the man's always the first to go. And that makes sense, because I know she won't be ready. So when it finally comes my time,
So it's like my inclination to roll my eyes at the whole you always have to wait for women thing yeah. gets completely washed away <laughs> yeah. by the kind of heart-pounding sweetness uh, of thinking of old couples who love each other. Oh my gosh. I know. So we're going to link to some of our favorite storytelling ones. Definitely. I think I'm trying to think about it because there's so many. The strawberry wine. I don't even remember the narrative of that. Okay. Like I think I remember um, the emotion it evoked. I feel like it made me nostalgic about being 17 mm-hmm. when I was 13. Like, <laughs> exactly. like, whenever the first time I was that I heard it, it made me nostalgic for that time, which is just like, it does speak to the ability of country music to be nostalgic for something that's current, mm-hmm. right? To, Amazing. Se- to sentimentalize something that happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's totally unironic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally. And then there are so many songs that are not full on stories, but mm-hmm. tell a little story. Yeah, so like, like create a little circumstance. Right. So like Jolene, I love the song Jolene. I think it's so beautiful. And Dolly Parton sings Jolene and she's singing about a woman that her husband has fallen for in great detail. And she's basically begging this other woman to like stay away. He talks about two in his sleep and there's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name Jolene. And it's so pleading, and Dolly has the best voice. I'm obsessed with Dolly Parton. I need to have a whole episode dedicated to my love for Dolly. <laughs> Agreed. All of that to say, storytelling, awesome. Agreed. Way to go country music in that respect. Yeah, and then you get to like sing along to an easy hook at the same time as listening to a story that makes you feel fuzzy. Ugh, nails it. So I guess the last little piece about explaining our the likelihood of our interest in country music is the fact that it actually is much more young and widespread than we think. Hmm. You know, it's the top national format among millennials, according to Nielsen and Gen Xers. So basically between ages 18 and 49, people are listening to country music mm-hmm. and it's really increased dramatically in the last decade. Huh. Also Nashville and also Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. I, I do watch Nashville and I do love Taylor Swift. I love it. I don't know why I love Nashville. Tammy Taylor. Tammy <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Okay, so we've established that we absolutely love country music. And in all honesty, we hope that this is the first of several conversations that we have about country music and all of our extreme feels about it. But today we're going to get a little bit further into women and revenge in country music and how these topics relate to Lauren Berlant's mind-blowing work on the female complaint. Okay, so you get it. You know why we love country music. We love the family, we love the community, the sentimentality. But there's also a dark side to the genre that we kind of enjoy too. And those are the songs by and about women's violent revenge on cheating or abusive men. Get it, girls. Yep. Probably can't hit all of it, but we're going to maybe play two examples. Sure. And maybe link to some more. One being the song Goodbye Earl. Classic for our generation. Yes, by the Dixie Chicks. Okay, we're going to play a little snippet. Okay. Marianne and Wanda were the best of friends all through their high school days 
FFA. After graduation, Mary Ann went out looking for a bright new world. Wanda looked all around this town, and all she found was Earl. about like friendship and revenge revenge totally and sisterhood and i mean i think it's been pointed to a lot as kind of a first of its kind and more recent Hmm. descriptions of it because these two women kill a dude yeah these two women plot and execute the murder of a guy that really mistreated their friend and it's a celebration yeah it totally is and there's like a there's a little mischievous element to it and a little Mm -hmm. like rock out be happy celebrate for sure which is super interesting. Totally. I mean, there's also kind of dark, angry songs. Yeah. And there's a long tradition of that, like Reba McIntyre, The Night When the Lights Went Out in Georgia. But also yeah. recent stuff, like Carrie Underwood has a ton of revenge songs. She totally does. Um, for example, Before He Cheats gets pretty, pretty physical. Yep. So she's like really attacking his car. She's Slashing tires. Talking disparagingly about what he might be doing while she's doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does it conjure up revenge thoughts of your own, or does it just appeal to some other appeals to some other part of me? It just makes me be like, damn girl. <laughs> I'm just like raw and good. Yeah, totally. So this is not uncommon. Definitely. I mean, but then this raises this question, right? Of, you know, why is it that we get so much pleasure out of listening to songs about ladies taking violent revenge? And why is it okay for women to be celebrating that and acting like it's, you know, something to be laughing about with their girlfriends? Sure. It does make you wonder if dudes were singing about women like this. Oh, not okay at like all. Like a big X, right? Just not okay. Exactly. So there's something about gender here that's kind of being unpacked. And it's speaking to something that's larger than country music. Country music is reflecting some sort of reality 
reality that exists, maybe beyond country life too. Oh, that's so well put, Naren. So I think that's going to take us into The Female Complaint, which is Lauren Berlant's book from 2008. It's, again, some amazing work, pretty heavy theoretical lifting, but really, I think, an important discussion of women's sentimentality and the creation of community between women. And I think these female revenge songs and country music are just an awesome example of that. The first sentence of the book is, and I quote, Everyone knows what the female complaint is. Women live for love, and love is the gift that keeps on taking. (laughs) That's so awesome. I know. It's like, (laughs) this is who we are as a community. We, you know, our greatest dreams are all those nice, sentimental, sappy things about finding perfect love, having a nice family. But lots of times, that doesn't work out because men are awful. Sure. And women live in this society of oppression and misogyny and various ways of feeling belittled or ignored. And when that happens, they, you know, complain together. And Berlant's book is about the kind of creation of what she calls an intimate public. So this space where women identify with each other through complaining about their shared plight and the kind of expectation that all women know what it is to be treated in this way. And it kind of comes out of a sense of feeling feeling connected through suffering and broken dreams. It's really interesting. And it it does resonate, again, like I said, outside of this music, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many times have you, not you personally, Mm -hmm. maybe you personally, have you like communed with other people about, I don't know, things that don't work out or broken dreams or challenges or whatever else. And the sense of community that can be built around the sharing of those narratives. Definitely. Exactly. And one thing that's been kind of hard for me has been being put in situations where women often try to bond with each other by complaining (laughs) about their own men. Yeah. And it's such an awkward moment because you really want to connect with these women. And you know that they're talking smack about their boyfriend or their husband as a way, you know, oh God, you know how men, they can never clean or they never do what they say they're going to do. And they're talking expectantly at you, like you're going to chime in and have the same complaint. I know. And, you know, (laughs) I'm lucky to, you know, have... Worked long and hard to build a relationship that isn't built on that yeah. uh, kind of set of expectations. And so I would never want to sell out my partner by being like, oh, I know, what a bunch of dogs. But, but at the same time... But they're waiting for you to say that. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's, it's a kind of shared cultural expectation that this yeah. is a place where women can meet each other and be safe. Right. right? Totally fair. And so, yeah, it's it's complicated. It's really interesting. I mean, it reminds me of our conversation on cultural currency of gossip generally. Mm. But this is a more personal layer. Definitely. You know, like ways that people bond over things that they supposedly have in common. Yeah, but just like the idea that all women in some way have this in common. I mean, and Berlin is pretty specific that this is tends to be a kind of femininity that expects all female experience is like heteronormative and white. Yeah. Um, and so that's a whole other thing as well. But I mean, it it's also really interesting that it's not just interpersonal, but it ends up getting commodified into genres like chiclet mm. and also country music. Totally fair. So yeah, a lot of the kinds of songs that we've been talking about, definitely. I mean, it works with me every sure. time. <laughs> it, makes, it does make me wonder whether complaining this way is feminist or not. Mm, yeah. I guess it strikes me as not being feminist in that it accepts the current power structures and operates within a patriarchy. So it's a way to cope, Mm. but it's not a prerogative to take down the system or the structures that create the things that create the suffering, basically. No, I totally agree. Because, I mean, what Berlant argues is that behind the complaint is a fantasy of fulfillment. Yeah. And so the the complaining is not like we're in a situation that we need to destroy and, and rebuild from the bottom up. It's that the system is failing me right now. 
but it can succeed. And when it does succeed, that's the ideal. So the idea that in a patriarchal system, a woman can be happy. Often she's not. And you lash out when that happens. But what you want is not a totally different system, but to be treated nicely while staying inside the system. Sure, sure. So, and you know, that's understandable, but complicated. Exactly. (laughs) Like so much stuff, understandable, but complicated. But I mean, I think to to kind of round it out, one thing that Berlant says I think is important is that these kinds of uh, complaining, yeah. this discourse of disappointment, she calls it, she calls it the partner of fulfillment, not the opposite. And so the idea is that when you're complaining about your bad man or talking about how you're killing your abusive stepdad or whatever it is, what it shows is not the way that you're at a distance from this object mm-hmm. of love that's supposed to be good to you, but it like ties you in deeper in love because it shows that your entire identity is about striving for love with this object and when it doesn't work out the kind of strength and violence of your uh, complaining Mm -hmm. in this case like taking revenge is part of still binding yourself up in a normative femininity which is all about this object of love because at the end of the day if you're destroying his car all your energy, all your everything it's is still going... still devoted to that idea. Him. Yeah, or him. So in a way, it kind of proves that you're the best lover of them all. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Care just that much. This one's for all you girls out there who've ever been mistreated by a man. we're going to be now newly aware of the female complaint. Even since we initially discussed the female complaint, I've been seeing it everywhere. Mm. I think it's fair to say you see it outside of country music and elsewhere in pop culture, in your own life, and whatever communities you're plugged into. I guess, what does knowing about it equip us to do? I mean, I don't think it's wrong to take pleasure in it sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But it does make me ask bigger questions about, you know, thinking about women's stories primarily as stories of love, either successful love or unsuccessful love. And to try and imagine what are other kinds of stories about being a woman in the world outside of love plots. Huge questions. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What about you? Even if I know about these things, I'm still drawn to like renting a rom-con or reading a chiclet. Me too. Oh no. (laughs) But I also think of myself as not defined, and I, I assert this, like I'm not defined by my romantic relationship it's something I really struggled with in getting married too I guess it's just something to think about but I think you know it's it's part of what Berlant is saying in this book is that this is a discourse of like what it means to be a woman that you grow up in yeah and if you grow up in that way of thinking you can't just like cut it off at the knees and be like I'm still myself let's just carry (laughs) on you know it's part of who we are and how we've come to form what we think of ourselves and we can try to be thoughtful about what role it plays in our lives but look I mean, I'm definitely known to sneak (laughs) off and read 19th century love novels as, you know, my guilty pleasures. And I mean, maybe you shouldn't be so guilty about it. Exactly. (laughs) Great. So I guess we now have established that we love country music. And we realize it's not so crazy because we're total saps, because we love storytelling, and because 
I guess demographics are reaching out in this way too. Lots of people love country music. Exactly. We also got to dip our toes into the world of women and revenge in country music. And there's a lot more to say there, but a useful framework for thinking about it is The Female Complaint, Mm -hmm. which is by Lauren Berlant. So like we said, we hope to have many more discussions about country music. Definitely. We're going to talk so much more about country music in the future, we hope. Um, But we should let you know that this is going to be our last episode for a little while. It's the end of our first season. Thank you so much for joining us. And we are going to come back at you in January with new episodes. And we hope that in the interim, you catch up on any other ones that you missed and you stay in touch with us by Facebook, on email, and on Twitter. True fact. For questions and any of the rest of the stuff, you can email us at intheorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out online at intheory.us or on our Facebook page, which we'll be updating during our little hiatus too. And please keep subscribing to us on iTunes. Leave us a really enthusiastic comment or rating. We'd love that. It helps other people find us. And, you know, tell your friends. Uh, In Theory is produced with the support of Experimental Humanities and Human Rights Radio at Bard College. And our music composition and art design is by the very favorite Aaron Taylor Waldman. Thanks for listening.